Welcome to the Rebel Heart Coaching Podcast, where BSN registered nurse, integrative health practitioner, and board certified life coach Samantha Shatek teaches you how to go beyond managing your circumstances and start intentionally creating a life you love using her proven strategies. Hi, friend. How are you? By the time this is coming out and you're hearing this, it is going to be a little over a week after the Thanksgiving holiday, if you celebrate that. And I think we're officially going to be at December 1st. So it is December 1st today when I'm recording this. So we are making our descent in the Northern Hemisphere into darkness. So days are getting shorter and the darkness is getting longer. And I'm actually loving it. I'm actually feeling like it's a good thing. and Really embracing sort of the slowness and maybe the extra sleep and the going within whenever I can. And I know that sometimes life doesn't allow us to do exactly what the seasons ask of us, but when we can just embrace it in those little moments, I think it makes a huge difference just to be in the quiet and in the silence, which the silence is not really that quiet. If we're really tuned in, we can learn a lot in the silence. But anyways, I want to talk with you, my friend today, about your capacity for being with pain and discomfort. And today is about our capacity as humans or our threshold to be with discomfort and pain of others, and then ultimately with ourselves. And this capacity that we have, it's definitely ever changing. It's definitely circumstantial based on a lot of different factors. And in general, The journey, I think, of being human on this earth plane is not always super easy. And if we choose to accept the hero's journey, then we are definitely tested by challenges and fears and doubts and sadness and shame and our shadows. And the truth is, is we need to really address and be aware and overcome both our own internal factors and shadows as well as external obstacles if we are to succeed and evolve. And the inner journey, the way I see it, is one of self-actualization from a place of fear and going into a place of love more often than not. It's from going from an overarching doubt to more unwavering faith It's living less from our ego and more from our heart and our core essence of our soul. And to me, it's about surrendering in every moment that we can or dying a thousand deaths in this lifetime before we die our last final death in this physical life incarnation that we're in. Because then I think what we realize is there is no death. It's all just surrender and it's all just consciousness and that we all carry on in a different form. And currently, 
Each of us has a current upper limit for the amount of another person's pain or discomfort that we are able to withstand, though that, as I was saying, it varies by person and circumstance. And when I say pain, what I'm meaning is the all-encompassing umbrella that can include things like negativity or sadness or grief or anxiety or fear. Anything that feels painful to another person that we're in contact with. And we have an upper limit. And when it's crossed, you will begin to feel uncomfortable, either in your body or emotionally or both. For example, people who are highly sensitive to conflict may have anxiety be immediately triggered in any conflict, even if the conflict is super mild. And the moment that that anxiety might arise in that person, they may try to stop or resolve the conflict. But the key here is that the person trying to stop the conflict, it's not necessarily because they are concerned for the people in the conflict, although that could be the case, but they're doing it because ending the conflict for them is a way for them to control this situation in order to make them feel better and reduce their own discomfort. And I've totally been there. I'm a super sensitive individual. And when people are being negative or fighting, it's really uncomfortable. And there's times where I feel like my threshold is really high. And there's times where I'm so sensitive and I just want it to go away. And I think it's really helpful for you to take stock and take toll to know where you stand and where your upper limits might be and how you can increase them if you want to. And I'm going to ask you the questions that I typically ask you at the end. I'm going to ask you now so you can think about them as I lead you through the rest of this episode. So just a few questions to contemplate is what is your current capacity to be with your own pain or discomfort? And what do you do when pain arises? For example, can you just sit with it? Do you try to push it away? Do you tend to rely on a substance? Or maybe you go to work out? Maybe you watch Netflix or maybe you do more work. Maybe you're an overworker to distract yourself. There's no wrong answer. It's just about within yourself right now, being really honest about your own capacity with your pain and what you do when it arises and just being honest about that answer. And then the other question is, are there certain people with whom your ability to withstand your pain is maybe greater than others? And if so, why is that? In other words, are there certain people when you're with that you can handle their pain? Or are there people that you notice that can handle your pain better? And if so, why do you think that is? And what situations that you could name are the ones that seem where your limit seems to be lower to tolerate than others. And why is that? So just to repeat that question, what situation might your limits or capacity to be with someone else's pain or your own be lower than others and why? 
And the last question to ponder is, what is needed for you, do you think, to expand your capacity to be with pain, both in yourself, in others, and in the world? So those are just a few questions to ponder as I continue chatting about this subject of being with pain and your capacity. Now, I want to acknowledge that it may never be possible to be completely free of pain due to our really deeply embedded ego patterns. And I'm actually not even sure we'd want to eliminate all pain because there's discomfort and pain that actually creates our growth. And it has the potential to create that necessary contrast in life that we all feel that when we feel joy, it feels so good because we know what pain feels like. And also, when we have contrast in life and we feel pain, I think this helps us have a desire to manifest the life that we know that we want to live and we know what we want because we know what we don't want and what doesn't feel good. So I don't think necessarily getting rid of pain is the goal. However, I do think that expanding our capacity to be with pain is an essential practice and it's really transformative. And it's almost as if our soul knows that our growth into a more whole human being requires an awareness of and a releasing of our shadow and of the pain that weighs us down physically, emotionally, mentally, spiritually. When we can sit with our pain or with another in pain, it deepens the healing potential for everyone to transform it and it increases the ability for connection and transformation to occur on all levels. However, when we avoid or repress pain, rather than attend to it, we only hold ourselves back from going into the fullness of our expression of our being. And I'm going to go into a few of the reasons that I think that we're so uncomfortable. And I'm going to then go into how we can expand our capacity and why that would be important to you. So one of the reasons that I think we're so uncomfortable with pain has to do with our early childhood programming. So if you were to watch a child on a playground cry and there's other kids around, you will observe that other young children will typically respond by just continuing to play And it seems like they're hardly phased or they're not really negatively affected by another child's expression of pain. It just seems part of the whole landscape as like a normal human function. And they seem, young children, have a seemingly unlimited tolerance, I think, for being with each other's pain. And if you look at, for example, that child who's in pain or crying in the playground, that same child's parent will naturally offer comfort. And that is what parents are wired to do. However, it's super common to see that same parent who then becomes embarrassed when they're trying to silence their child if the expression of pain or anxiety or frustration has gone on a little too long, or if it's a little bit too animated or intense, the parent tends to silence and want 
to make it go away. And somewhere along the way, these type of adult interactions is where we learned as kids or young adults to learn to stifle our pain and even our joy because it makes adults feel uncomfortable because it's too much or too intense. And so the first reason I think we're so uncomfortable, it just has to do with our societal programming and how we look at pain. Also, pain in our culture is often seen as a sign of weakness when we're expressing it and not of strength. And so oftentimes I think we interpret pain as a sign of weakness. And when we do that, it really shuts down our capacity to just be with that pain and allow its full expression. And when we can experience and express our pain, our fragility, our vulnerability, that is an important part of how we grow and learn as humans. And when we are given opportunities with our friends, with our families, with our therapist, with our work culture that we're in, to express that pain or discomfort or vulnerability, we truly, I think, come to appreciate the real strength that lies within that. And you don't understand that unless you go through it, unless you express the pain and acknowledge it and become vulnerable, you will never understand that there's the true strength that lies within that. But the question becomes, how do we expand our capacity? So there's no quick fixes. And I think it is just our own individual journey. But I'm going to talk about a couple ways that we can do this. And so I think it starts with the awareness that your discomfort with your emotions or your pain likely stem from a history of your family and your society stifling your own expression because it made others uncomfortable, coupled with the belief that pain is a sign of weakness and that it's not always safe or it doesn't seem to feel safe to appear vulnerable. So as you start to reflect and pick apart these beliefs and poke holes in those beliefs, and that you can see pain as just a naturally occurring human experience or occurrence that results when a person experiences something hard or challenging or hurtful or disappointing, then the expression of pain becomes more just an expression of the emotional body, and it does not become an indication of an actual personal weakness or inherent flaw of the person. We see it as more of a natural expression and nothing has gone wrong and it doesn't make us less than. And to take it a step further, in the transformative coaching spaces that I'm in and the coaching that I and others do, this pain is actually seen as a gift and it's something that I want to lean into so that I can provide a safe and sacred space for my clients or my friends or family for it to be expressed so that deep transformation and healing can occur. I see it as a gift, not just something that I have to tolerate, but as an actual opportunity. I also want to talk about this, and that is that it's helpful, I think, to acknowledge that all pain 
is a call for love. So in a book, A Course in Miracles, it teaches us that all human behaviors and emotions are either one of the two following. They are either a call for love or an extension of love. And when you can see that pain is not a weakness or something to be feared or pushed away, but rather a call for love, then you can start meeting that call through your own expression of compassion and empathy. And this is how you start to expand your capacity to be with pain. Allow pain to arise and be expressed both with yourself, with your family, your friends, and even in the workplace, and practice seeing it as a call for love rather than a flaw or something that's a weakness or something that you can't tolerate because you're uncomfortable. And how can you try to respond not from your past conditioning that involves ego and fear and shame, but from your heart? And how can you respond from your heart that knows that pain is an opportunity to extend your loving compassion and to draw closer to another person and create more connection? In those moments, what happens, it's really beautiful, is that a field of unity consciousness is actually formed when the call for love meets the extension of love. And you can be a part of that just by shifting your beliefs and how you're looking at it. So while we are building our capacity, it's really true and it's really real. And I've definitely experienced that our tendency to feel overwhelmed either emotionally or physically with certain negative emotions or energies of others can be present. And we can feel like we get totally knocked off balance at at times. And I think all of us are susceptible to others' emotions and energies, whether you are aware aware of it or not. And some people are more sensitive to it than others. But if you're not aware of it, that's actually dangerous because then you're more likely to project those emotions onto others. So it's really good to be aware of the energy and the emotion in the room. I don't think that's a bad thing. But I think one of the solutions to trying to remain relatively free of other people's emotional and energetic states is to learn and know how to ground yourself if you don't already. And this does take practice and focused effort. But when you are grounded, the pain and discomfort that you're feeling, it affects you, but it affects you on a more surface level, it does not affect you as deeply on a core level as to knock you completely off kilter. But then the question becomes is, in what are you grounded? What are you grounded to? You know, there is literally a myriad of ways that people ground themselves. And there are lots of guided meditations and information out there about how to do so. But I think The key idea here is that spirit, whether you want to call that God, universal energy, life force, whatever you want to call it, it is the force at the center of our life and of our hearts and of our transformations. So when we can find a way to ground ourselves into the earth and through spirit, it shifts the reliance for our balance 
to a power source that is far beyond our singular capacity and capability as a human. So when we connect to something larger than ourselves, we connect to a vast well of life-giving energy that allows us to be fully present in the moment rather than so adversely affected by another's pain. And this well of strength to which you are anchored will flow from your core and through your entire being and allow you to be strong but flexible like a deeply rooted tree. Now, what you ground yourself in is up to you. If you are an atheist, that's okay. You can ground yourself to a tree or to the earth, whatever it is for you that feels powerful and bigger than you. That is amazing. So there's no wrong here. But what I'm suggesting is is there are forces and beings and energies of love and light that are greater and more powerful than we are alone. And we can connect with them through practice and focus so that when we're in different situations, we're showing up with a whole fleet of help from them, from whatever it is that we're grounding ourselves in, from whatever energies we have chosen to connect with. We're not showing up just as a singular I, but as a a we, as in we're all connected and resilient together. You know, from my experience as a coach and just from life in general, I think that you won't be able to authentically tolerate or be able to be with others in any kind of pain or discomfort unless you have literally sat with yourself and tended to your own pain and shadow. And this is always a work in progress for me, and it's a work in progress for all of us. And it's not to say that there's still going to be times that you have less capacity than others. But I think it's so crucial and so important because when you are able to expand your own capacity to do this within yourself, you're going to be able to show up for others with greater capacity. And when you do this, you are transforming your own life and you're also inadvertently transforming the life of others who you choose to come into contact with in this deeper way. And even if you're not a coach or if you're not someone who professionally holds space for others, what a powerful thing to be in your family and in your workspace and in your community with the ability to be more tolerant and hold others discomfort and pain in a way that doesn't affect you so negatively. And I am telling you this, it is truly one of the most important gifts you could ever give yourself or anyone else. And that is your presence and your capacity to sit with your own pain and others. And it's completely free. It is the best or one of the best gifts on earth. And I would gladly receive that from you any day. And I would gladly give that to you any day. Because to me, it is one of the best gifts you could ever give. Thank you so much for being with me today. I love you. And looking forward to being with you next week. And hey, I also want to invite you to join me for my six month coaching program. I'll work with just you one on one. And I'm going to help you get the results that I know you can get. I promise your life will be different. 
go to www.rebelheartcoaching.com to sign up for a consult today. I'll see you inside.